G'day, g'day, and welcome to the first episode of Radio Stone Fence Theater with your host, Valley Vic. Hey, that's me. And the whole gang. Yes, sir. We're here at our beautiful studio on the banks of the Bonchere, just up from Killaloo in beautiful Ottawa Valley. Now, we've got some special guests today. Yes, sir. John Haslam and Clint DeGarge. He's up. And our resident historian, Joanne Summers. And she'll take you for a tour back in time. So pull up a chair and make yourself at home. In the summer kitchen, up the line, swapping yarns and feeling fine. Maple sugar and pot would shine down in the summer kitchen. And now a message from our friendly sponsors, the Beaver Tales folks. Sure you want one. Gotta have one. Sure you just can't resist. When the fragrance wafts over to you. For a real price, have a sunrise. It just melts in your mouth. And it started in old Killaloo. Beaver tail. Beaver tail. Beaver tail. Beaver tails. Now it is Canada's pastry. Beaver tail. Beaver tails. Beaver tails. Beaver tails. God started in old Killaloo. It's true, friends. The Canadian pastry chain Beaver Tails, so famous that President Barack Obama had to make a detour to get one when he visited Ottawa, had its birth at the old Killaloo Craft and Community Fair in the hills of Killaloo in the 1970s. Millions of tales later, they're more popular than ever. Now available at the Killaloo Caboose in downtown Killaloo. Have one today. Beaver tails, beaver tails, beaver tails, beaver tails. Now it is Canada's pastry. Beaver tails, beaver tails, beaver tails, beaver tails. Got started in old Started in uh, now uh, I'm talking to John Haslam. He's a well-known local actor, musician, retired public health inspector, uh, resident of Killaloo. And John, uh, can you tell us uh, how you started here in the valley? What brought you up here? I came up to the valley in 1980 for work, actually. Um, I was living in Toronto with my wife and there was a 50% unemployment rate for public health inspectors and one of the only places that had a job uh, in Ontario was Barry's Bay. Um, so I applied for that job and initially I didn't get it because I had no experience. But after they couldn't find anybody for four months, they decided to give me a chance and I ended up coming up here in December 1980. And did you, when did you start your musical career up here? Had you already been playing music uh, in Toronto? I've been playing music in Toronto 
with my buddies basically from the time I was about 12 or 13 years old when the Beatles hit. Everybody decided that they were going to be musicians. Um, and I sort of gave it up a little bit until about 1984 or 1985 I started playing with some other fellas uh, locally and we formed a band called Thin Ice and we've been sort of together ever since. And you're kind of a local legend, aren't you? You're always the closing night band at the Bent Anchor at we, the end of the summer? We were. Um, this year we didn't because our drummer who owns the Bent Anchor wasn't there, so um, we didn't close the Bent Anchor this year, but we basically had a farewell performance every year for the last five or six years. That's kind of like the big bands, eh? It's your final performance, yes. but then you come back for one more. Yeah. And you're also a mainstay of Stone Fence Theatre. You've um, uh, sang and acted in a number of performances. Yeah, I've been with Stone Fence since I think I think about 2003 we started. And I've been in pretty much every show. There's a few shows I've missed um, for various reasons, but uh, for the most part I've been in most of the shows that we've that have been put on. And of the many, many memorable roles you've had, which one would you, uh, are there any that really stick out in your mind? Uh, I know well, there are for the audience. Two, two that stick in my mind. The first one would be, uh, I played the first editor of the Eganville Leader when we did a show called Reflections of a Century. Um, that was pretty memorable. His name was Hugh, I believe. I can't even remember his last name. Patty. Patty McHugh. Patty McHugh. And then my second most favorite role was I, I played, uh, I got to play the character Benny Afelski in uh, a, story, a show we did called Tales, Tales of Benny Afelski, which basically told the history of Killaloo through the eyes of Benny Afelski. Um, that was one of my favorite shows. Yes, and and do you enjoy the the historical reenactments? Is that local history? Is that something that really interests you? Well, I, yeah, I... I, I it's been it's a very interesting area um, and through Stone Fence I found out just how interesting it actually was I think a lot of people don't realize the history of the area um, and Stone Fence has really brought that out uh, ever since 2003 there are a lot of vivid characters in the valley and you specialize you do very well playing vivid characters well they're easy <laughs> easy to play um, and quite enjoyable and musically, tonight you're going to perform uh, a song for us. I think it's one that you've written yourself. Is yeah, that true? Yeah, I wrote a song for the, 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 Benny, the Benny show that we did. It was called 60 Years. Benny was uh, worked in his store at Ofelski Shoes and fixed shoes for 60 years. So I wrote a song called 60 Years, and I'm going to perform that tonight. Sixty years of hammering leather Sixty years of working in the store Sixty years complaining about the weather Sixty years of telling other folks the score Well, I would not tell a lie I've seen more with just one eye than most other folks have seen with both of theirs. And when you're wandering through the world, all good things would be unfurled if you proved to be a man who really cares. Sixty years of helping out a neighbor. 
60 years of laughing with a friend 60 years of doing people favors 60 years of seeing others journeys end no I would not tell a lie I've seen more with just one eye than most other folks have seen with both of theirs and when you're wandering through this world all good things would be unfurled if you prove to be a man who shows he cares 60 years of raising up family 60 years of watching children grow 60 years of fitting shoes upon their feet and for 60 years it's been a dandy show and for 60 years it's been a dandy show and now we've got a talking valley rant from valley vic well this is it here i am Looking at another big fancy house going up. There it is. Shooting out the money that you ain't got to build something better than the next door neighbor's got. Or maybe you're just trying to keep up with the next door neighbor. Because it's pretty damn well academically sound that you're going to go out and spend more money than you ever going to think about making when you buy a, build a new house. It ain't even buying one. You go out and you buy a house, well, what do you got to do? Spend another $30,000 or something just to make it comfortable. Well, I mean, you're talking about around here. I mean, people down in the city or a lot of other places, you know, you walk into the house and the first thing you get is the impression of you look for the hardwood floors and the, and the plushy carpets. Well, geez, you know, I mean, like, that's not a very good mark of the person you are when you do that. I mean, you walk into somebody's house sometimes around here and... You look down the floor, you, you see plywood. Or you're lucky if you see plywood. Maybe you see a little bit of dirt in the, drive, in, the, in the entrance when you walk in. Now, a lot of people nowadays would be thinking, oh, look at those poor people living with dirt in their house or, or having to look at that painted plywood board. Well, I can guarantee you dollars to donuts that that painted plywood board that they're looking at is their painted plywood board. The bank don't own it. The insurance companies don't make them put it down. It's theirs. Nobody else owns it. Same with looking up at the ceiling. You see a pink ceiling. There's plastic there, but that pink insulation keeping you warm is your insulation. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can go put fancy oak trim and, and painted and vaulted ceilings and everything. Oh, the bank would love you to do that. You're paying for it for the next 30 years. Whatever happened to the bloody thing about when you went out and got a house, you built what you could afford, you added on to it, you finished what you could, and you didn't go to the bank for $350,000 because you wanted a six-jet hot tub. When I grew up, you went outside. There was no hot seat there, that's for sure. You had to sit outside and enjoy the view when you went to the bathroom. Didn't grow up bad for it. Didn't grow up any different for it than somebody that went outside or went inside. So my point about this whole thing is, you know, 
Everybody has to build a house that looks better than the X guys or, or their dream home because they've seen it on TV. And I think it's about time some people had a big rude awakening and start figuring out what they can afford and start uh, putting it in their budgets. You know, I mean, one of these days, yeah, all this cheap money, banks is cheap, oh, come on us, we got cheap, cheap money. Well, I tell you, nothing's free. And one of these days, people is going to have to pay the piper. It's already looking pretty grim right now if you have a big mortgage and stuff. Jobs on the line, people moving here, economies crashing. Ah, I don't know. I think I'd rather look at a piece of plywood on the floor than worry about the bank coming in and taking my whole darn house because I couldn't afford the hardwood floors. Well, that's just my opinion. For more Talkin' Valley with Valley Vic, Ish, and Mike McCormick, visit TalkinValleyWithNoG.com. Well now, everybody, sit back down and relax. We're about to have a little bit of history lesson, and it's going to be brought to you by Johanna Zummers here, our, our local author, historian, uh, world traveler, hard-working, Brudenell-born person here, and she's going to be telling us. Uh, so what are you going to be telling us about today? Well, I was going to talk about the general stores, which were sort of the highlight of our lives when we were growing up in Brudenell. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure they were a highlight of many other people's lives because in those days, your village general store was kind of like today's Walmart, Canadian Tire, Country Depot, No Frills, Afalski's Shoe Store, with a little bit of Facebook and LinkedIn thrown in. Um, you could go down there and pick up your groceries, your fencing wire, your rubber boots, your mouse traps, your curtain fabric, your clothing, your pig feed, your canning jars, and the mail, and your dry cleaning. And you could take the bus out of town, too, because it was usually also the Voyager bus stop. And while you were there, you got to hear all the local news and all the gossip and all the information about who had cows for sale or their farm for sale or who was getting married and what time the reception was and whether you should bring sandwiches and who had died. And it was just the, the social uh, center of the village. And every village had at least one and in some places uh, two general stores in Brudenell. Uh, when I was a kid, we had two general stores, uh, and that was not so long ago. That was in the 60s, and <clears throat> they, um, they were very important to, because of the rural people, uh, you didn't get a, a paycheck every week, so the general store basically often put your stuff on account until the spring when the pulp check came in or until the fall when the calves sold. Uh, they would take checks, they would take IOUs, sometimes you could barter for a side of pork or some chickens or some lambs. Um, they were also uh, right on the early vanguard of recycling because if you were a kid, you could pick up old pop bottles in the ditch on your way home from school and uh, you could take them into the store and if you had, I think it was you needed three to get a chocolate bar and five to get a pop or something like that. So there were never any pop or beer bottles in the ditches alongside the roads in Brudenell. And, uh, and they were always, um, they kept like long hours. They would open at seven in the morning and be open until eight or nine at night. And 
And the really exciting thing was when they first got their TV sets, because they put them up in a corner, way up high above the counter. And it didn't take very long before we all figured out that if we went to the grocery store on, or the general store on Saturday night or Sunday night, we could stay and watch an episode of Bonanza or maybe Have Gun Will Travel or the Ed Sullivan Show or the hockey game. And it was really good for the proprietor because he got all this business. There'd be all these families with all their kids and we'd all be sitting around on the nail kegs and on the boxes and bins. And of course, during the commercials, we need a pop or a chocolate bar. So they got to sell stuff that they wouldn't otherwise have sold. And uh, yeah, so it was great. It was a great sort of community service and also um, it was good for their business. And some of those general stores actually lasted until when I moved to Wilno in the 90s, Whitehead's general store was still going and it was the bus stop, the drive cleaning, it had the village library, uh, the, the post office, uh, and often on a Saturday night you could listen to the Wilno choir practicing their hymns for mass the next day. And you can't do that these days at Walmart. And now let's hear from one of our sponsors, Jameson Tours. From this valley we'll take you a touring. You won't have to do nor driving or scheduling. We know all the good places to take you. So come for a tour with Jameson. Yes, friends, whether you want to go across the pond or just have a dedicated and designated driver for your annual visit to Stone Fence Theatre or anywhere else your heart desires, Jameson Tours is the way to travel. No matter where you travel, the comforting twang of the Ottawa Valley will travel with you. In a crazy world, that's a real good thing. You're in good hands with Jameson Travel. We'll take you to Europe or Ireland Or down south to Nashville and Branson See the world with your neighbors When you go for a tour with Jameson Hey, I'm Ish Teilheimer, producer of Stone Fence Theatre, and I've got with me one of my favorite local musicians and a good neighbor and friend, Clint DeGarry, lives right around the corner from me, and Clint is an accomplished guitar player, singer, composer himself, and he's lived in the Golden Lake area most of his life. Uh, good day, Clint, and welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much for having me today here. So tell me a little bit about your musical journey. You've been playing music quite a while. What are some of the groups you've played in? Oh, I've had several groups, of course, uh, played here and there, uh, fill-ins and all that. I've been with Family Circle. I was with them for 10 years. And then after that, uh, took a little time off for myself, but that didn't last too long. Ended up with a band called Renegade for a while. Uh, played with them for a little while and took a little time off. Then in the meantime, had a little workplace accident after that. And uh, now I'm just kind of just playing with different musicians right now and uh, still sticking with uh, Ronnie Resmer and, and uh, of course, with you, play music with you and other people. So just well, just a little bit here and there. Well, so. we're very happy you're doing it. You're modest about your workplace accident. Uh, Clint, 
Clint isn't telling us he was nearly killed in a, in a sawmill accident about 10 years ago, so we're very happy you weren't, and he's had to work very hard in order to rehabilitate himself and be able to walk and everything. Nobody ever thought you would, and so we're very happy you're with us, Clint. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us on the show and for all the help you've offered the theater. Uh, what's the tune you're going to play for us? Uh, I wrote this song back a few years ago. It would have been back in 1987. It's one called Blue on Blue, and it's one of my little older songs, so I could do that one, shoot that one off a little bit here. So. Very good. Give it a go, please. Did you ever wonder where I spent my nights? Did you ever wonder who turns out my lights? Did you ever wonder about the little things, dear? When you walk out on me and left standing all by myself. Now I've got blue on blue And it's hurting me real bad What did I ever do To make you get so mad I tried everything Just to try to get you back Now I've got blue on blue and my heart has just been Did you ever think, dear, what you were doing to me? Did you ever think, dear, why you had set me free? Did you ever think, here of the little things, dear, when you walked out on me and left me standing all by myself? Now I've got blue on blue And it's hurting me real bad oh, What did I ever do To make you get so mad I tried everything Just to try to get you back Now I've got blue on blue my heart has just been had Now I've got blue on blue And my heart has just been had Clint DeGarry with Blue on Blue. That's beautiful, Clint. Thank you very much. Thank you. Catching up the lines, swapping yarns and feeling fine. Maple sugar and pause when shine. 
Well, there you have it, folks. Our first episode of Radio Stone Fence Teeter. We hope you had as good a time as we did and that you'll be back soon because we'll be here with another yarn for you. So, until then, we'll see you soon, eh? Maple sugar and pop would shine down in the sun.